Welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. Whether you have a great marriage or one that needs improvement, this is the show for you. Since 1994, we've used biblical principles to help hundreds of couples, just like you, find relationship success. As you listen, you'll get practical tips, knowledge, and motivation that will help bring greater intimacy and happiness to your marriage so that you can enjoy the relationship you've dreamed of. And now, this is Marriage by the Book. Hello and welcome back to the Marriage by the Book podcast. This is Rick Porterfield. And last week, I started uh, talking about removing walls in relationships. And this is part of the series we're doing where I'm actually walking through the counseling sessions that Rebecca and I would take a couple through if we were working with them one-on-one. So uh, this is something that can really be beneficial to your relationship. And last week I talked about, basically uh, talked about how self-centeredness causes these walls in relationship, causes disorder, things to be out of place. And uh, that self-centeredness does that. And that, um, uh, you know, forgiveness, just like it's the key to reconcile, reconciling our relationship with God, it's also key to reconciling rela- relationships between people, bringing things back together, removing walls. It's key to removing these walls uh, between people, including in the marriage relationship. And I spent a good bit of time last week talking about the consequences of unforgiveness. And I actually took a moment there last week and defined forgiveness for you. I want to do that again. What is forgiveness? When you forgive, you're making a decision. And again, that word decide means to cut off. That's from the Latin to cut off. So I'm cutting off the option not to forgive. So it's to make a decision to leave it, to let it go, to give up resentment, and consider the debt as being paid. And specifically, the debt was paid by Jesus. He's paid the debt for all of our sins, thank God. And uh, so I talked about some of the consequences of, of unforgiveness, and they're bad. You know, a lot of times people say, uh, I think I heard Joyce Meyer say this once. She said, you know, holding a grudge against someone, hold, choosing to hold unforgiveness against them and you know, trying to get them back is like me drinking poison, expecting them to die. And that's a really good illustration because really unforgiveness does the most harm to you. And again, even secular sources show us that unforgiveness is just bad for your health. So today, I want to continue talking about forgiveness. And we're going to jump in here with Ephesians uh, verse four, chapter 4, rather verses 2 and 3. It says, With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, just as self-centeredness creates offenses and unforgiveness and builds these walls and creates division, it's forgiveness that begins to restore that unity, that begins to reconcile things. And Psalm 133, one of my favorite psalms, just three verses, very short, but it says that, that where there is unity, when brethren dwell together in unity, that's where God commands the blessing. Okay, again, that's Psalm 133. That's what we want. So so the Bible shows us that forgiveness begins to restore that unity, to bring that reconciliation. So let me ask you this. Here's a common question people have. We start talking about forgiveness. How often should I forgive? You know, like my spouse just does things over and over and over again. How often should I forgive? Well, let's read again. The Bible's got the answers for us. Matthew 18, 21, and 22. Then Peter came to him, came to Jesus, 
and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Peter's asking the question. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490, okay? Now, Luke 17, 3 and 4 is another scripture to look at on this about how often should we forgive, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus isn't saying to count, okay? That's once, twice, third, 480, 490. He's not saying to count up to 490, and then you don't have to forgive them anymore because in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that you know, love keeps no record of wrongs. So if we were counting, we would be keeping a record of those wrongs. So that's not that's not his point here. His point is you just need to forgive them every time. That's the point he's making, okay? So when Peter said up to seven times, Jesus said, nope, up to 70 times seven. He's just saying every time, okay, you need to forgive. So the answer to the question, how often should we forgive? Forgive them every time, okay? Now, um, Another question people commonly have is, you know, what should I be willing to forgive, you know, or, or how much should I be willing to forgive? Uh, well, again, the Bible has the answers for us in Ephesians 4, verse 32. Now, listen to this. It says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So I need. So when the question is what or how much should I be willing to forgive, I should be willing to forgive what God forgave me for or the amount that God forgave me for. So what has God forgiven me and you for? You know, 1 John 1, 9 gives the answer. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has forgiven us for everything. Okay, he's forgiven us for everything. So, we're supposed to give the way we've been forgiven. We've been forgiven for everything. So we ought to be willing to forgive our spouse for everything, to forgive other people for everything. You know, again, there's really never a justification in any situation to carry around unforgiveness, to carry to carry a grudge, to hold unforgiveness against someone. There's really never a, a, a ju- you may have a right to do that, but it's just not, it's not a scriptural thing to do. It's not a good thing to do. It's going to hinder your relationship with God. We talked about these things last week. It's going to affect you personally, your health and things. It's just not a good thing to do. So we need to forgive. And when you forgive, realize it takes time for people to change. Your spouse may make the same mistakes. I've done this. Maybe you've done this. You might make the same mistakes over and over again even when they really genuinely are wanting your marriage to be better. Maybe your marriage needs a lot of help. Maybe it just needs some tweaking. You know, they might make the same mistake over and over again, even when they want to work things out and make them better. You know, now I'm not giving them an excuse for, uh, you know, not trying and, and you're just being hurtful towards you. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is we, we shouldn't just expect perfection from our spouse. They're never going to be perfect. But we ought to be able to expect and see improvement, right? But sometimes, you know, sometimes people will keep doing the same things over and over again, claiming to want to change, claiming to, to really be sorry for what, repentant for what they're doing, when really they're just trying to get out of trouble at the moment, okay? And we're going to talk about some more of this in the future, not in this session here. But, you know, and you've seen these people probably, they really don't intend to change, and they'll repeat the same offense over and over again so that's really that's that's self-centeredness causes we talked about that and we talked about self-centeredness uh, several weeks back now 
self-centeredness is what causes these recurring arguments, these recurring offenses. So they'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again. So, you know, again, they'll, they'll say they're sorry. They'll say they want you to forgive them, and, and they won't do it again. They're just trying to get out of trouble for the moment. They, they really don't intend to change. No heart changes happen. So really, that's just a short-term, short-sighted, Fixed, and I'm not sure even fix is the right word for that. It's really not a fix at all. Um, it's basically a way to manipulate the situation to try to get you over being mad at them so they can go on with life and just kind of do what they want to do. You know, expecting forgiveness without trying to change, it really is self-centered. We ought to be, you know, receiving the word, yielding to the word, and it's going to change your life when you do the word. Okay. And when I say the word, I mean what the Bible tells us, and we're talking about marriage. So that's what, you know, we're talking about what the word has to say about marriage and relationships okay so that's what we want to do so again forgiveness is a critical step in restoring unity in the marriage relationship you know we, we need to forgive our spouse as we were forgiven by god for everything we just we saw that in ephesians 4 32 and first john 1 9 now in addition to your spouse you also need to forgive other people you know past offenses and things can cause you to carry around um, baggage, so to speak, now that can affect your relationship. Um, in Luke 17, 1 through 4, Jesus said this. He's, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this. He said, you know, it's impossible that no offenses should come. He said, but when they do come, take heed to yourself and forgive. Okay, that's sort of a summation of what Jesus said there in Luke 17, again, 1 through 4. Maybe go and read that. But in Luke 17, 1, he said it's, it's impossible that no offenses would come. That word for offense there in the Greek is the word scandalon. And scandalon, it's where the word scandal comes from. But also, that word scandalon, what that originally meant, it's the part of a trap that holds the bait. So offense is bait to trap you. Again, that's, it's, a, it's just bad for you to carry around unforgiveness. You don't have to take the bait, okay? That's what the purpose of unforgiveness. Satan will orchestrate these things against you. He'll bring offense. He wants you to get trapped, to not be able to receive from God all the consequences we talked about last time. That's what he wants you to have in your life. But anyway, so my point here is we need to forgive other people in addition to our spouse. So Jesus said it's impossible that no offenses would come when they do come to forgive, okay? You know, a lot of times, probably all of us have been hurt in the past. Maybe it was old boyfriends or old girlfriends. It could have been your parents. It could have been your siblings, your brothers and sisters, maybe ex-spouses in some cases, you know, friends, all these different people in our lives, okay, could have hurt us at some point. And unforgiveness in those areas can affect your relationship with your spouse today. So we need to forgive those people as well as your spouse. Can you think of any past relationship maybe in which you were hurt that causes you problems in your marriage today? I know before I met Rebecca, I had a girlfriend actually from high school, and uh, we broke up under some pretty bad circumstances, and I promised myself, I made an inner vow that I would never let anyone get close to me like that again. I wasn't going to do it. I, was, I made a decision. I was going to keep people at arm length, arm's length. And I actually told Rebecca, I love you, but I'm never going to need you. I, and what I meant by that is you're not getting in, you know, because I didn't want to get hurt again. And don't you think that that hindered my relationship with Rebecca? Absolutely. I had to bring forgiveness to that situation to deal with that. So these things that happen in past relationships 
can hurt us today. You know, unforgiveness binds you to those old hurts. You know, think about how we even talk about these things. We'll talk about holding unforgiveness against someone. You know, think now. Imagine in your mind. Imagine I have a, I don't know, just just my hand, and I hold my hand against Rebecca, and Rebecca walks into the other room. Well, if I'm going to hold my hand against her, I'm going to the other room too. If she goes into another room, if she goes outside, wherever she goes, if I'm going to hold my hand against her, I'm going to see that unforgiveness, me holding unforgiveness against her binds me to this thing. OK, you know, we also talk about carrying a grudge. OK, C- carrying a grudge, that implies a, a burden on me, <laughs> you know, not on her, on me or on this person who offended me, you know. How do I get rid of this thing I'm holding against someone? How do I get rid of this burden of carrying a grudge? Forgiveness. Forgiveness severs that. It unloads that burden. It puts down the baggage, so to speak. So, um, again, Luke 17, 1, Jesus told us that offenses were going to come, and that's a trap, okay? When they do come, you know, take heed to yourself. I actually studied out that phrase, take heed to yourself once. And my paraphrase of that, what I get from studying that in the Greek is take heed to yourself means get this through your head. So Jesus is saying offense are going to come, but get this through your head when they do come. Just forgive. So just go ahead right now and make a big decision for yourself, for your benefit and all the people around you that when offenses come, when you're tempted to be offended, you're going to say, that's a trap. I'm not taking it. You're just going to forgive right there on the spot immediately. Just practice walking in forgiveness. Okay, so we need to forgive our spouse. We need to forgive other people because offense against them can come into your relationship with your spouse. And finally, you may need to forgive yourself, okay? Um, we need to remember, you know, Romans 8.1 says if we confess our sins, I'm sorry, Romans 8.1 says, there, I'm about to quote First John 1.9 again, <laughs> Romans 8.1 says that there is, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Okay. That's the first part of that verse. And there's no condemnation for you. If you have put your faith in Christ, if you if he's forgiven you, which if you put your faith in him, if you're born again, he has, then there's no condemnation for you. Jesus isn't condemning you. You know, a lot of Christians struggle with their past. Some people might feel shame about that, and that might come into their relationship now. Now, here's the thing I want you to think about. If God isn't holding anything against you, then who do you think you are to hold something against yourself? Think about it. That's another Selah moment. Think about that for a minute. If God isn't holding anything against you, you're forgiven. Yeah, the Bible says that he removes your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. If you think about a globe, you know, just picture a globe in your mind. If, if you start taking your finger and just tracing east on a, on a globe, you'll, you'll always be going east. If you start tracing your finger west on a globe, you're always going west. You know, east and west never come back together, if you follow what I'm saying. okay? So he's removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. It's amazing how the Bible says things so specifically. If you take the same globe and start tracing north, you know, when you get to the very top, the north pole, guess what? Your finger's going to be going south. If you start taking your finger, you start tracing to the south, and you get to the south pole, it's going, it's going to be going north. So it's, it's very specific the way the Lord puts it in the Bible. He removes your sins as far as the east is from the west because they never come together on a globe. But oddly enough, if you go north, it's going to come back around to south again. So anyway, 
he has completely forgiven you. He's not holding anything against you. you know, really think of it this way. This is what God showed me once. If I'm going to hold anything against myself or, or even against Rebecca or another person, if I'm going to hold something against them, knowing that God's forgiven them, knowing that Jesus has paid the price for their sin, but I'm yet, even though knowing that, I'm choosing to hold offense against them, what I'm in effect saying is, you know, God, your standard's not high enough. God, I have a higher standard than you, and I can't forgive this. That's in effect what you're doing. And I think when you put it like that, it shows how ridiculous this is, okay? Now, um, so again, um, we need to forgive our spouse. This is all talking about bringing reconciliation to your marriage. Forgive your spouse. Forgive other people, okay? And also forgive yourself. Those are three key areas where we need to forgive. And those are going to lay down the bag, sever that unforgiveness in your past, put down that burden you're carrying around. It's going to uh, recharge your relationship with God. It's going to help you to be able to receive, eliminate all those consequences we talked about last time. So I'm going to wind this session up here, this podcast. This is part two of Removing Walls, and we're talking about forgiveness. And I'll be back with part three next time. Thank you for listening. And I just ask you again, give us a good rating. Share this uh, uh, podcast with other people. Let them know it's the word that will change your life. So don't just hear this. Actually put this to work in your life. Go and do this, and this will change your life and marriage. Thanks again. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed today's Marriage by the Book podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and hit the subscribe button. For additional resources or to go deeper, visit marriagebythebook.org. See you next time.